the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. For health and wellness is Wellness Radio 1570, KDIZ Golden Valley, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Rich Thomason in Washington. From one end of the state to the other, Floridians being urged to keep a close eye on Hurricane Dorian and to stockpile at least a week's worth of food and water. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, in his latest storm update a short time ago, notes there's still a good deal of uncertainty over Dorian's exact path. You see uh, potential major impacts from places in South Florida, potentially going all the way uh, up the coast of Florida. Uh, some forecasts have it going through the center of the state, uh, similar to kind of what, 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 what Irma did in terms of going up the middle. Um, and you still have some forecasts that say it's going to go across the state and end up in the Gulf of, of Mexico. The bottom line, according to the governor, everyone in the state should be prepared, and he says state government stands with you. On Wall Street this morning, the Dow up 102 points, the S&P nine points higher. This is SRN News. August is National Children's Eye Health and Safety Month. Eye injuries are a leading cause of vision loss in kids, with about 42,000 sports-related eye injuries occurring each year. Remember to provide your child with proper protective eyewear for their sports or recreational activities. Learn more at sites like friendsforsight.org or yoursightmatters.com. This Wellness Spotlight is brought to you by Wellness Radio 1570. In case you hadn't heard, Wellness 1570 is the new Twin Cities radio home for St. John's football. Go Johnnies. Uh, First game of the season a week from tomorrow and you'll get all the action right here on Wellness 1570. Your forecast now, beautiful day, sunshine, low 70s, and a very nice weekend, whether you're in town at the fair or heading out to the cabin. Low 70s on your Saturday, mid-70s on Sunday, partly cloudy, and low 80s on Labor Day. Like It Matters Radio is next. I'm Pastor David Mitchell, founder and CEO of Tradeway. I've been in the ministry for over 30 years now, and because the Lord has continued to bless my business endeavors, I've never had to take a salary from the church, which has been a huge blessing in my life and a great way for me to give back to the Lord's work. I'd like to share with you my thoughts on the importance of the family business. You know, these days, people send their children to college to learn a trade that no one in the family has done before. They move away, they work for someone who doesn't love them, and then they trade their infinitely valuable time for a little bit of someone else's money. The old plan was to get a job but lay aside each month and later start a family business. As the owner, you leverage the time of others and earn off hundreds of man hours per day. It's called financial leverage. The added benefit is that each generation teaches the next and builds on these skill sets and your children have the competitive advantage of experience. That's a great plan for potentially creating generational wealth. Tradeway offers you the vehicle to start such a family business by teaching you how to trade in the stock market. Perhaps you're intimidated or confused by the world of investing, but Tradeway is here to help you break down that confusing world of finance so that you can understand it. We're not your typical big Wall Street investment advisory firm. We keep it fun, simple, and personal from day one. We offer our students a powerful education on how to trade in the U.S. stock and options market, coupled with sound investment advice, and all from our family business. We're here to help you reach your biggest goals through taking small steps. Join us and bring your family. Join us at Calvary Lutheran Church in Golden Valley, September 27th and 28th. Only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-TRADE. Or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. I loved playing high school sports. I love the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, all the pageantry, and I wanted to keep playing. But I graduated. No colleges called, and neither did the pros. So, to stay close to the game I loved, I decided to become a high school official. 
you know, a referee. When I played high school sports, I learned the importance of integrity, good sportsmanship, and respect for the rules. Now as a high school official, I get to help model these same values to others. Maybe the colleges and the pros didn't call, but the kids in Minnesota did. And now I'm enjoying the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, and all the pageantry of high school sports all over again. Interested in becoming a licensed high school official? Go to highschoolofficials.com to learn more and begin the application process. The following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? If you want to be inspired, get help in becoming all you can be. The time is now for Like It Matters Radio with your host, Mr. Scott V. Black. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy, and you can call me Mr. Black. And today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going to be talking about becoming emotionally intelligent. You know, when we think about intelligence, we think about someone like an Albert Einstein. We think of someone like our calculus teacher, We think of somebody very left-brain, very science-based, very mathematical-based. But, you know, there are many ways to be smart. Uh, Matter of fact, a Harvard professor, Dr. Howard Gardner, Dr. Howard Gardner, I think he's been at uh, Harvard for over 30 years. Uh, In 1983, he wrote a book called Frames of Mind. Uh, And he talked about basically the intelligence development of students. Uh, And what he realized is he really challenged what we thought about intelligent, uh, because people thought intelligence was something you were born with. People thought intelligence was something that was fixed. Uh, people thought that if you're good at math, you're good at science, then you were, quote, intelligent. Uh, but what he discovered and has since been expanded on is I think at the time he came up with seven, maybe eight different ways that every single human being uh, is intelligent. And uh, I'm not going to go into the discussion right now what's the difference between intellect and intelligence because I can actually capture your fingerprints, a software program I have, send them to my scientists in India and give you a 37-page printout of your brain, uh, all based on uh, what Dr. Gardner has talked about, what's called the theory is called multiple intelligences. And today we have identified actually 10 different ways uh, that we are smart. And if you think about it, We have five lobes of the brain, right? We have our prefrontal, frontal, parietal, temporal, occipital. And then you have the left side of your brain and the right side of your brain. And so if you were to think about your brain as uh, five boxes on the left side, five boxes on the right side, uh, so in total there are basically 10 stations. And that's why through your fingerprints, you know, we believe your fingerprints are exact duplicate of the neural pathway in that lobe. Uh, And again, this class, uh, this uh, show is not on uh, the brain mapping that I do, uh, but it is on uh, becoming emotionally intelligent. And I want you to see that there are basically 10 different ways that every single human being is intelligent. First one is intrapersonal. Uh, And basically, this intellect has to do with introspective, self-reflective capabilities. Those who are strongest in this intellect are typically uh, introverts and prefer to work alone. Uh, This is the self. This is the Superman intellect. Uh, And this intellect, the strength that you have in this, really dictates uh, so much else because it's your self-confidence. On the other side, uh, on that same lobe, is what's called interpersonal. Our, our social acuity. This intellect has to do with uh, interaction with others. This is your leadership intellect, if you will. People in this category are usually extroverts and are characterized by their sensitivity to others' moods, feelings, temperaments, and motivations. Now, if you go down from the prefrontal to the frontal lobe, and this is mine, this is not Dr. Gardner's feeling, I'm just telling you what I believe are the lobes. Uh, we have two other uh, intellects. Uh, on the left side there uh, would be the logic, sequencing, uh, where you would con- uh, what most people think of intellect, intelligence. Uh, this area has to do with logical, abstract, inductive, deductive reasonings, numbers, science. It's safe to assume that those with this intellect naturally excel in mathematics, chess, computer programming, and other logical, numerical activities. And this is what traditionally people have called smart. 
On the other side of that brain, though, on the right side of that, that lobe, uh, is what we call our imagination, creativity, our 3D smarts. This intellect has to do with vision and spatial judgment. Uh, it's, it's, this is where you're able to internally visualize. It also allows you to be able to do time-space calculations, like catch a fly ball in the outfield, uh, throw a dart and put it where it's supposed to be. Uh, if you drop down to the next lobe, the parietal lobe, uh, then you'll deal with the kinesthetic function, you know, the movement part of us. You know, we are kinesthetic creatures. We need touch and we're moving. A life in motion stays in motion. A body in motion stays in motion, right? And so uh, on the left side there, this intellect has to do with fine motor skills, you know, the smaller motor skills. In this category, people are generally adept at playing a musical instrument, if there's other intellects there, playing video games, a sewing art, other fine mode activities, maybe putting a puzzle together, assembling a watch with small parts. Um, also has to do with your handwriting, any small movements. Uh, the big movements are on the opposite side of the brain, more the right side of the brain, the, the gross motor, the kinesthetic. Those are the, the bigger movements. You know, This intellect has to do with gross body movement, physical activity, body coordination, the big, you know, the, the running, the jumping, uh, you know, kind of like so in dance. Let's say in dance, right, you have different ones. You have big dance, whether ballroom dancing, salsa, whatever, uh, and then you have fine dancing, which would be maybe ballet right, the fine motion. So you can see how we can be moving, have kinesthetic functions where one would be fine motor skills and one would be gross motor skills. And some people need to be moving all the time. If you've ever been around me or ever been to my class, you see you don't see me sitting around a lot. You don't see me stopping a lot. I am constantly moving. I'm very kinesthetic. Matter of fact, you know, I have one of those Fitbits. You know, it's an activity tracker, uh, that you wear on your on your wrist, and it, it, it tracks every single step you take. Of uh, 50,000 steps, they say, is an equivalent to a marathon. Uh, and when I do uh, my two-and-a-half-day class, starts Thursday at 5 o'clock. We're done Saturday by 5 o'clock. The last two classes I've done this year in January, both those classes, I had over 110,000 steps. I do my training in a hotel meeting room. It tells you how much I move. Uh, 113,000 was the steps that I took this last time. That's a lot uh, in two and a half days in a hotel meeting room. Now we drop down to the temporal uh, lobe, and now we're dealing with the uh, verbal on one side and the emotion on the other side. So the, the verbal smarts, the linguistic smarts, the linguistic intellect has to do with words, spoken or written. People with a verbal linguistic intelligence display uh, a facility with words and language. As you can tell, it's one of my strengths. They're typically good at reading, writing, telling stories, memorizing words and dates. They tend to learn best by reading, taking notes, and listening to lectures via discussions and debates. Guess what my strength is? I'm auditory. I do a radio show. I train. Now, on the other side, it has to do with emotion, pitch, and tone. This intellect has to do with rhythm music, the actual hearing or listening. Those who have a high level of musical rhythmic intelligence display greater sensitivity to sounds. That's like those of us that have a strength in this area. We can tell the difference in a pitch. Your spouse might say there's nothing wrong, but you can hear it. You can hear there's something different in their voice that something's not right. They use their pretty good control of their pitch, uh, may even have an absolute pitch and are able to sing, play musical instruments and compose music if other intellects are in place, because some activities take three and four multiple intellects, okay? And the last one, the, the last lobe is the occipital. Yes, you do have eyes on the back of your head, the occipital lobe. On the one side, it's visual identification, observation smarts, what we call naturalist smarts. On the other side, we would call that visual appreciation or TD, just the, the fact that you know how things look. So on the one side, the visual identification, what we call the naturalist uh, intellect, uh, involves understanding the natural natural world of plants, animals, noticing their characteristics and categorizing them. Uh, it generally involves keen observations uh, of our surrounding. Yeah. And even a gardener talked more about outdoors. I believe this is one of my strengths because it allows me to read a room. It allows me to know who's involved when I'm giving a presentation, who's not. It allows me to understand my environment. And the other side is visual appreciation. This intellect relates to someone's ability to coordinate colors, textures, patterns, to see pretty, to see basic beauty, if you will. And so today, though, we're going to focus on emotional intelligence. 
there's an emotional uh, pandemic in this country. Uh, we are emotionally unintelligent. Someone cuts us off, off on the road and we're uh, going to run them down and gun them down. Uh, someone fires us from a job, we take our car, we drive it through the front window with guns a-blazing. Uh, someone wants to end a relationship with us uh, and uh, some, some out there take their lives because rejection is not an option. And so we got to realize that if you take a fourth grade child, their emotional intelligence, their emotional quotient is a better barometer for their success than their IQ is. And so we're going to go into the strength and the depth of emotional intelligence on Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. We'll be back in three minutes. Like It Matters Leadership, like it matters leadership Awakening changes lives. Listen to this fireman's comments as he compares other training to Leadership Awakening. It's like no other. You know, people say that you're crazy for running into a burning building, but you know, the one thing they have in common is adrenaline. You know, from, from go, when Mr. V opened those doors and said, you may enter, it was, it was nonstop adrenaline, but it's unlike anything I've ever done. It's pushed me in ways that I never thought I could be pushed. It was only 48 hours. I spent six months in fire academy. So, At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life. Learn how to achieve that purpose and tackle any challenge. Give Mr. Black 48 hours at the next Leadership Awakening class and watch powerful change take place in your life. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule. That's likeitmatters.net slash schedule. Like It Matters. We don't take applicants, only commitment. Through August, Wellness Radio 1570 is smiling wide for National Happiness Happens Month. A reminder to take pride in progress, to look back at goals you've flown past. A time to focus on happiness as a journey rather than a destination. Enjoy the small victories. Take a moment today to share a smile with someone around you or a story about what makes you happy. This Wellness Spotlight is brought to you by Wellness Radio 1570. If you could build the world's greatest radio station, where would you start? We'd begin by creating a live station that's able to provide breaking news updates. Then we'd install some of today's top political voices behind the mic. Finally, we'd craft a convenient way to listen with a specialized mobile app. No, it's not a work in progress. It's on the air now. AM 1280 The Patriot. Intelligent radio. Online at am1280thepatriot.com. Here's what business owner Ken Johnson had to say about the impact Like It Matters Leadership Awakening had on his employees. Since then, they have been on fire. They have been committed as a team, absolutely changed. They are energized in a way that is is off the charts different and better than we ever had before. First of all, best investment I ever made. Secondly, we decided to reduce our investment in some other areas so we can reinvest that money in more people for this experience. Every single person has been thrilled with the results and myself included. Change the course of your life. Go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class in Minneapolis, October 3rd through the 5th. That's likeitmatters.net. Leadership Awakening. We don't take applicants, only commitment. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio coach, your radio life caddy, and you can call me Mr. Black. And today we're talking about becoming emotionally intelligent. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to apologize to my listeners. You know, sometimes I get real deep. I get real. Uh, and I had uh, uh, my uh, my team, my producer in <laughs> in Minneapolis a couple of days ago say, Hey, Black, uh, you're getting too dark, getting too deep sometimes. you got to be careful. You want to increase your listing audience. Uh, because, you know, sometimes I get too real. Uh, you know, I just uh, read an article uh, yesterday in Texas. Uh, police show up to a domestic uh, abuse thing, and they find four kids uh, basically living in a barn. Uh, three years old, six years old, I think they are. Uh, four kids, malnutrition, two of them kept in a, a cage. 
being beaten on, tortured, basically. And it's, you know, and people don't like to hear all that. But, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I believe as leaders, we got to face the truth. You know, Jesus said the truth will set you free. But it was Charles Garfield that said, first, it's going to make you miserable. And so, you know, you don't go to a doctor unless you know you're sick. And some of us live in denial. So we don't want to watch the news because we don't want to don't want to be negative. We don't want to hear who's being abused or molested. Why? Because then we have to do something about it. Then we got to get out of our own little narrow comfort zone, our own drive to be happy. Because most people out there, their number one goal is just to be happy. And if your goal in life is to be happy, you are missing the mark. You're not a great leader. You're not a child of God. I'm just going to be honest with you. Because that cannot be the outcome. Happiness is wonderful. I'd love to have as much of it as I can. Uh, but that is not my outcome. That's so a lot of people want to read the Bible and think the Bible's there to make them happy. No. Uh, the Bible's there to make you understand, to give you information, know where we're at, what you should be doing. It's an instruction booklet. It's not a happiness booklet. Matter of fact, you read that Bible, uh, you won't be happy at all. You'll be concerned. You'll be stirred up. You might have some joy. You might have some excitement about seeing our Lord someday. But happiness is usually not, unless you're in a book of Proverbs or something, maybe go to uh, you know Psalm 91, that'll make you happy. Maybe read John 3.16 or uh, Jeremiah 29.11. Uh, you know, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans for hope in the future, right? I mean, those might make you happy, but our outcome is should not be to be happy. Our outcome should be to live to our potential, to make an impact, to live a life of significance, to know that we had a purpose, to know why we get up each day, do what we do, go to bed the next day and get up again and again and again. So we're we're talking about emotional intelligence because, boy, uh, some of the happiest people in the world are in small little countries uh, that uh, they have very little, but they're happy. Look at it. People in, in third world countries, people in the middle of nowhere uh, have very little, have a hut, have their family, have a village, have friends. Uh, and those are some of the happiest people in the world. Why? Because they have emotional intelligence. And this emotional intelligence thing is cutting edge. You know, I talk a lot about uh, Dr. Dan Goldman and emotional intelligence is one of my disciplines, if you will. You know, that's what you get when you get uh, this radio show. When you go to my leadership training at likeitmatters.net, you get a nut. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about analogous. You know, nuts are nutrient-dense. That means there's a lot of nutrients packed in there. And in my training and in my radio shows, it's not for the light of heart. It's not for the, the surface dweller. It's for people who truly want to live their lives like it matters. People who want to get real. People who aren't afraid of the truth or are willing to face the truth to make this world a bit better. And so in my training, not only do I cover leadership, that's my forte, but transactional analysis, which is study communication with Dr. Eric Burns, neurolinguistic programming, which is a study of the human experience by you know Drs. Milton Erickson and Virginia Satir, multiple intelligence. I told you about Dr. Howard Gardner at Harvard University and the 10 different ways we are smart. Logotherapy by Dr. Viktor Frankl, man's search for meaning, basically. We are little meaning makers. Uh, where we're looking for the will to meeting for every aspect of our life. Uh, Kani, constant, never-ending improvement with Dr. W. Edwards Deming, uh, what Japan used to go from a nuclear-devastated country to leading economic power in the world in 30 years, um, and emotional intelligence with Dr. Dan Goldman. And, of course, I wrap it all up in the Word of God because I just love Scripture. I love God. I love His Word. Not only I talk about Dr. Dan Goldman a lot with emotional intelligence because he's written a couple of great books, but what I've heard in my study says since 1990, Peter Salovey and John D. Mayer have been the leading researchers on emotional intelligence. Uh, in, their influential, in their influential article, Emotional Intelligence, they defined emotional intelligence as the subset of social intelligence that involves the ability to monitor one's own and others' feelings and emotions to discriminate among them, to use this information and guides one, to guide one's thinking and action. And so let me tell you uh, what they believe emotional intelligence is. And by the way, this goes along with Plato. You know, Plato said that all learning has an emotional base. If you understand the process of true learning, uh, I really believe it's a right brain development. And then we store it in the left side of the brain. But when people have fun, when they're emotionally involved, they learn a lot better. I think that's what Plato's talking about. All learning has an emotional base. 
And so what they call uh, um, emotional intelligence, EQ, emotional quotient, is the ability to express and control our emotions. But it's also our ability to understand, interpret, and respond to the emotion of others. That's powerful. And that's what's missing in this world. We're missing understanding. We're missing mercy and grace. Imagine a world where you could not understand when a friend was feeling sad or when a coworker was angry, right? And by the way, we do it all the time. People in church that we pass all the time say, hey, how you doing? Good. Good to see you. And they're dying. They're dealing with uh, a broken marriage. They might be dealing with abuse or molestation. They might be still trapped as a little five-year-old kid uh, who was in a terrible situation as a child. They're 50 years removed from that, but they're still running the same programs. That's why what I do at likeitmatters.net, I help clean people up. I help them um, be delivered from some of the things from their past and create a better now so that tomorrow can be different than yesterday. And psychologists refer to this ability as emotional intelligence, the ability to interpret, understand, and appropriately uh, understand and use those emotions. Some experts even suggest that it can be more important than IQ. Remember, I've read that in a fourth grade child, their emotional quotient, their EQ, is a better barometer for their success than their IQ. So what is emotional intelligence? The ability to perceive, control, and evaluate emotions, right? Some people think that emotional intelligence can be learned. I absolutely agree it has to be. It has to be. While others claim it's an inborn characteristic, I think it's both. Of course we have the foundation for it. Of course we have because we're human beings. We were made for a relationship. So within that concept of made for relationships, there has to be an inborn part of emotional intelligence in us. But like with anything else, we might have gotten a seed, we might have got a little bit, but we can master it, we can develop it, we can grow it. Now there are four branches of emotional intelligence. So uh, Salovey and Meyer proposed a model that identified four different factors of emotional intelligence, the perception of emotion, the ability reason using emotion, the ability to understand emotion, and the ability to manage emotions. So the first branch of emotional intelligence based on Salovey and Meyer says that perceiving emotions. The first step in understanding emotions is to perceive them accurately. Remember, transactional analysis tells us there's a stimulus and there's a response. The stimulus does not dictate the response. What happens after someone says something or does something, we go to our three channels. We go to the visual channel where we see something. We go to the auditory channel where we hear something or remind ourselves of something. Or we go to the kinesthetic channel where we feel something, all based on our past. And then we respond to our narrative about what happened, not what actually happened. So the first step in understanding emotions is to perceive them accurately. In many cases, this might involve understanding nonverbal signs such as body language and facial expressions, right? Because remember, we've been told, I think it was uh, Albert Marubian said that, you know, communication breaks down into basically three pieces, our words, uh, our tone, our, our voice qualities, uh, and then the physical, what people can see, um, body language, and all that. And only 7% of communication in agreement getting presentation, he says, is words. 93% is everything else. So perceiving emotions requires just more than listening to the words. Remember, how many times have you come home or your spouse come home and you know there's something wrong and you ask them what's wrong and they say nothing. So the words told you nothing was wrong, but the way they said it, their physiology, their emotion, their eyes all tell you a totally different story. So the second category is reasoning with emotions, right? Reasoning with emotions. That's the second branch. And the next stop, this next step talks about using emotions to promote thinking and cognitive activity. Emotions help prioritize what we pay attention and react to. We respond emotionally to things that garner our attention. I'm going to tell you right now, anything important that happens to your life uh, uh, stirs up an emotion, Period. Emotions are not neither positive nor negative. It's what we do with them that gives them value. They're just information. They're just data from your body telling you something's going on that's stirring up a part of you. The third phase of emotional intelligence, the third branch, is called understanding emotions. The emotions that we perceive can carry a wide variety of meanings. If someone is expressing angry emotions, the observer must interpret the cause of their anger and what it might mean. Notice again, again, we are doing so much uh, um, hypothesizing. 
We're just making up stuff. We're making up meaning to what we're seeing. It might mean that that person is dissatisfied with work, or it could mean uh, that he got a speeding ticket on the way to work uh, that morning, or that he's been fighting with his wife. You don't know. Sometimes we put emotions on other people, not you and I. Of course we do. And number four, the fourth phase is managing your emotions. The ability to manage emotions effectively is a crucial part of emotional intelligence. Regulating emotions, responding appropriately, and responding to the emotion of others are all important aspects of emotional intelligence. And I'm going to tell you right now, you can be the smartest tack in the block or whatever they call it, the sharpest tack in the, in the, in the box. But you know what? You can, have the, you can be as smart as you want. There's a lot of smart people in prison. It truly is emotional intelligence. The ability to understand and use our emotions and understand other people's emotions so that we can understand one another. What can you do in 48 hours that changes your life? Like It Matters Leadership Awakening. Listen to this 22-year law enforcement veteran with PTSD compare Leadership Awakening to other training he's received. You focus on the individual. I think you kind of answered the why question, whereas a lot of the other programs that are out there, I don't want to say they put a Band-Aid on it, but they don't do a very good job of going into the why. And, you know, why am I doing this? Why is my brain uh, revert back to the images? You know, why do I get depressed? And like you said, right, it's a choice. 48 hours. Give Mr. Black and Leadership Awakening just 48 hours, and it will change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class in Minneapolis, October 3rd through 5th. That's likeitmatters.net. Leadership Awakening, where 48 hours will change your life. Students come to Online Trading Academy for many reasons. Some love their jobs but don't make enough money to live the life they dream about. Some aren't happy with their job and hope for something better. And others invest and trade, but just need a better path to improve their returns. We even have students who have never invested or traded before, and they might not even know a stock from a rock, but dream of having extra income. There are better income opportunities than trading your time for money. It's time to learn those skills. Join us at Online Trading Academy so we can show you the path to your financial freedom. Attend a free investing class near you. Call now, 952-814-4410. Again, 952-814-4410 or go to learnwithota.com. Again, learnwithota.com. Online Trading Academy Radio. What can you do in 48 hours that changes your life? Like It Matters Leadership Awakening. Hear what this human resource manager says about the impact of Leadership Awakening on her life. With uh, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, it changed my culture to say, okay, I have to set example. I know I am the manager, but sometimes I have failed up until now to really deliver my word. So those things change the very first day I came back. And it's just absolutely fascinating. So of course they are looking at me like, what happened to you? And on a personal point of view, so many things have happened since I got home. It's almost a miracle. It's not almost. It is a miracle. 48 hours. Give Mr. Black and Leadership Awakening just 48 hours and it will change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class in Minneapolis, October 3rd through the 5th. Leadership Awakening, where 48 hours will change your life. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters Inspiration, Education, and Application. I am your blessed radio host, Mr. Black. And today, we're talking about becoming emotionally intelligent. It's one of the ten ways that we can be smart. Uh, And like I said before, I can actually capture your fingerprints with a software program. takes five minutes uh, and give you a 37-page print on your brain. It's called a brain map. It's all based on how God made you, your innate intellect. I can identify your 10 different ways that you're smart. I can identify your strength in each one of those uh, intellects and also show you the processor in each one of those intellects. So you just got to reach out to me. Email me at mrblack at likeitmattersradio.com. 
That's Mr. Black, M-R-B-L-A-C-K, at likeitmattersradio.com. And by the way, you need to listen to this whole show because, boy, the emotionally intelligent will be the ones that have great relationships moving forward because we have a pandemic in this country. So if you're missing this radio show, listen to it again. Go to likeitmattersradio.com, likeitmattersradio.com, and you can listen to this and many archive messages. Uh, and we also play twice a day. Uh, we are connected to our uh, wonderful home base there in Minneapolis-St. Paul. Uh, we love our Salem station there, uh, TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com, uh, AM 1570. Uh, we are part of the Twin Cities Wellness Radio Network, an entire network, radio network, dedicated to you, the listener. Financial health, spiritual health, mental health, physical health, pharmaceutical health, all those things to make you the best possible you. And that's why we're so honored to be a part of Twin Cities Wellness Radio. And so every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. Uh, to 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, and then replayed from 5 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're in the Twin Cities area, you can just turn your dial to AM 1570. Also, because of our affiliation uh, with Twin Cities Wellness Radio, uh, you can listen to us on iHeartRadio. And so if you go to that app on your phone or app on your uh, computer, and uh, all you got to do is query, just search for Wellness Radio 1570, Wellness Radio 1570, and there you'll find us two twice a day, 9 to 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, replayed 5 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. We're also in the terrestrial market of St. Louis, Missouri. Love being a part of the St. Louis Gospel Experience. And you can listen to us every Monday through Friday from 7 to 8 p.m. on Praise 95.1 FM and 1260 AM. And today we're talking about becoming emotionally intelligent. And by the way, uh, go to iTunes and you can subscribe to Like It Matters Radio. And if you go to Facebook, go to facebook.com slash LIM radio. And you'll see a picture about what we're going to talk about every day and a few words from me. So I want to share with you a study, a study, uh, and it really tells us how thoughts and emotions interact because emotional intelligence, remember, is the intelligent use of emotions, the emotional use of intelligence. See, I believe it's the ultimate double helix. The greatest gap in most people's lives is between the head and the heart. If you look at the proximity, if you take the left side of your brain and just touch the left side of your head about your temple area, and then go down to your heart, the left side of your body, you will see that's probably about 18 inches, somewhere around there. It's a short gap. But in real life, in the processing of our life and living it, it is the great chasm. It is the Grand Canyon. It is the greatest gap in the world. And so you got to understand how our thoughts and our emotions interact. Because the question we have to ask ourselves is how much control do we have over our emotions? That's important, right? So a key insight comes from a controversial psychological study carried out on a rickety bridge by Dutton and Aaron in 1973. It's called the Love Bridge. So men crossing the bridge were approached by an attractive woman who asked them to fill out a survey. The men were chosen because they were known to be nervous, and this was exaggerated by the fact that the bridge was swaying. Its handrails were very low, and there was a 230-foot drop to the river below. After the men filled out the survey, the woman gave them her number and said they could call her if they wanted the study explained in more detail. A little further up, men crossing another bridge were also being approached by a female researcher halfway across. The difference was that this bridge was sturdy, did not sway, and was only a few feet above a small stream. One of the key tests was how many people would call up the attractive woman. On the stable, safe bridge, only two out of the 16 participants called. But on the rickety bridge, nine out of the 18 called. So something about the rickety bridge made people more likely to call. And the question is, fear transformed into action? Dutton Aaron's explanation was that that is that it's how we label the feelings we have that's important, not just the feelings themselves. In this experiment, men on the rickety bridge were more stressed and jittery than those on the stable bridge. And the argument is that they interpreted these bodily feelings as attraction, leading them to be more likely to make the call. So, fear had been transformed into attraction. This explanation is now controversial because subsequent studies have found that it's rare to be able to reinterpret a negative emotion like fear into a positive one like attraction. Indeed, some studies have specifically shown that it can't be done. And that was a, a study done in 1976 by Zana. But again, take it with a grain of salt. 
However, this article goes on to say, we can interpret one positive emotion into a different positive emotion and the same for negative emotions. It's important. Certainly, neutral bodily feelings can be interpreted either way. That's why you can have a strong cup of coffee and the arousing effect might contribute to either elation or irritation depending on other factors about how your day is going on. For a more extreme example, they give this example, think about the physical feeling you get on a roller coaster. It's not dissimilar from being mugged. You sweat, your knees wobble, the heart races, and the bowels loosen. But one experience people will pay for, and the other experience everyone would pay to avoid. Right? So going back to the original question, the speaker who wants to reinterpret their nerves as excitement and anticipation is likely to do better than one who thinks of them as signals to run away and hide. In the same way, the athlete who deals with performance anxiety by wanting to channel it into their race will do better than the athlete who allows it to overwhelm them. See, ladies and gentlemen, we got to get this. Our emotions aren't just things that happen inside of us, which bubble up from the deep over, which we have little or no control. Like conscious thoughts, their effect on our behavior depends on how we interpret them. You hear me say this over and over and over and over. Um, and, and yet here it is. It's true. It does not matter what happens to us in life. I know some of you are blown away when I say that, but what matters is our interpretation of it. That's what transactional analysis says. Uh, and next week we're going to have, uh, um, one of my good friends, Abe Wagner on, uh, he's uh teaches transactional analysis and we're going to talk about ego states and this will come up again. in when we talk about ego states, Our emotions aren't just things that happen inside of us, which bubble up from the deep over, which we have little or no control. Like conscious thoughts, their effect on our behavior depends on how we interpret them. Emotions aren't the opposite of rationality. They are part and parcel of rationality and do respond to how we think. Remember, everything we do or do not do is driven by belief system. We have 30 to 60,000 thoughts per day, and a majority of them are unconscious and negative. Emotions aren't the opposite of rationality. They are part and parcel of rationality and do respond to how we think. While Dutton and Aaron's experiment may have been flawed, the motivating idea behind their experiment was not how we label and interpret our feelings can fundamentally change our experience of them. The motivating idea behind their experience was not how we label and interpret our feelings can fundamentally change our experience of them. What they're saying is this. This, I'm just reading from this article. I can't even find where I got it from. Um, Psychology Today is where I got it from. The whole point of this is, listen, we have control over our emotions. We have that control, but we got to use it. We got to use it because if it's not being used, it makes no sense at all. That's why we got to understand our emotions and the emotion of other people. That's why before I was talking about anger, right? Anger. Anger, most people can say, is a bad thing as a general rule, but we wouldn't have been given it if there wasn't a good use for it. I just, this is my own theological belief. There are constructive use of anger. It tells us what's right and wrong, right? Don't you get it? It also makes us feel good about ourselves. It gives us moral superiority. It really, anger has to do with moral superiority. You know, we're given anger. If someone jumped out of a dark alleyway you're walking down and attempted to hurt your family, kill your family, rape your wife, it is that anger that you would stir up in you that would protect your family, that would protect yourself. So anger by itself is not good or bad. I mean, I've done shows this week on anger. And even the Bible says, do not uh, uh, have anger and sin. You know, the and, it ties two things together. It doesn't negate it. It says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Jesus was righteously angry when he had a temple tantrum in John 2, when he turned over the money changers table. It's not that we have anger that matters. It's what we do with that anger, how we process that anger. Because there are benefits of anger, right? I got this article here from Leon F. Seltzer, Ph.D., Psychology Day. He said that I've published so much on anger's toxicity that it may seem a bit strange that I now feel the need to write something far more positive about the emotion. 
Not that I don't continue to see anger as in most respects hazardous to your relationships as well as to your physical and mental health, but there's one aspect of anger that at least in certain contexts makes it invaluable. To begin with, he says, it's essential to realize that anger is the one emotion that warrants being seen as moralistic. It has everything to do with values, the system of ethics you've personally devoted to. In fact, if you weren't capable of making an indignant assessment that something or someone was unfair, that feeling wouldn't exist at all. And by getting irritated with what you regard as wrong or unjust, you can experience the immediate and substantial gratification of occupying the moral high ground just one of many reasons that anger can be seductive, right? And so anger in itself uh, is not good or bad. No emotion by itself is good or bad. It's what you do with that emotion. We're told not to hate, yet we should hate things that God hates. Uh, while it seems dichotomous, it is. Life is a bunch of fine lines. And today, we are talking about becoming emotionally intelligent because every single human being out there, even the cold, numb ones, are emotional creatures. We just need a little understanding so that we can build a better country and a better world. We'll be back in three minutes. Give a person a fish and you feed them for a meal. Teach them to fish and you change their destiny. At Like It Matters Radio, we teach you how you were made how you create experience, and how you can change your world by changing your thinking. Opioid addiction, mental health crisis, PTSD, the soaring suicide rate, political hate and animosity. There is a crisis of toxic proportions, and it is destroying us. This pandemic is destroying the foundation of our hope. Hope is fading. At Like It Matters Radio, we help people change their life by changing their thinking and doing based on how we are made. Our mission is to help people maximize their potentials and to live their life like it matters. Our goal is to change this world through our national radio show, bringing hope to listeners everywhere in every heart, body, and soul. We need your help, sponsors, donors, and helpers to do the work that needs to be done to change our world. If you are willing, please email us at mrblack at likeitmattersradio.com. In the subject line, put posse. Again, that's mrblack at likeitmattersradio.com. In the subject line, put posse. Join our posse today and leave a legacy for others to follow. Email us at mrblack at likeitmattersradio.com. In the subject line, put posse. Give me 48 hours and I will give you a new beginning. Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope. Give me 48 hours and I will give you your power back. Because between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. And in that space is your freedom. It is your power. At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life along with the ability to achieve. Give Mr. Black 48 hours in the next Leadership Awakening. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule. Everybody wants cheap airfare. But where do you find it? You call low-cost airlines. Their prices are direct from the airlines. And they're so low, you can't find these fares published anywhere. They specialize in cheap flights, discount hotel rooms, cheap car rental rates, and great package deals anywhere around the world. Wherever you want to go, they can help you get there cheaply and with the best price guarantee. If you want the lowest prices on your airline tickets or other travel services, call now. That's right, call. That's the only way to get these rates. Experts are standing by 24-7 to get you the cheapest airfare and hotel rates available. So don't wait. Call right now for the lowest travel prices anywhere and for great last-minute travel deals, too. Call right now. 800-708-3091. That's 800-708-3091. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, and you are under construction. I love that. You know, the good book tells us we're to live and examine life. Uh, We're supposed to uh, challenge ourselves, to question ourselves. Matter of fact, the good book actually says uh, if you you, uh, live and examine life, 
if you uh, put yourself through the ringer, uh, if you challenge yourself to be better and to take a look at your life honestly, that God doesn't need to. If you judge yourself, basically the good book says God doesn't need the, the, the choice. And sometimes we can judge ourselves too harshly. Sometimes, I know I'm my own worst critic. Uh, and, boy, I've had to learn emotional intelligence. Boy, I can be pre- pre- pretty hardcore on myself. Some of you that have been through my training or been around me, you know, I don't, uh, uh, I'm don't. i pretty rough around the edges. Uh, I'm a pretty honest guy, and, and I speak from the heart. But I also know emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is the right emotion with the right intensity at the right time for the right, right reason, direct to the right person in the right way. You know, we're going to talk about, I think, on Monday's show uh, about the Nicomachean Ethics. You know, Aristotle's big drive to be happy. And in that book, the Nicomachean, uh, Nicomachean Ethics, um, Aristotle said this, you know, anyone can become angry. That's easy. But to be angry with the right person to the right degree at the right time in the right way, this is not easy. And he was a philosopher, but he was absolutely true. You know, it's not easy to process our own emotions. You know, we're so stuck in our own mindset, our own, our own map of reality, uh, that we attack each other. Look at the political environment, the climate, so ugly out there. What's lacking is understanding. What's lacking is walking a mile in someone else's moccasins. What's lacking is getting out of our own map of reality and getting into someone else's map of reality. That's what we call understanding. And boy, there's a lot of understanding left on the table. And if we would just pick up that understanding and start treating other people like we want ourselves to be treated, everything would be changed. I remember I was reading the book by, uh, uh, what's it, Gentizen, I think Franklin, Fear Fighters. And he said, I believe one of the wealthiest places in the world is the graveyard. How many people have taken their potential for writing a book, composing music, curing disease, or inventing a vital instrument to, to the grave with them because of fear? How many people never achieve anything because they're afraid they will look foolish? Fear of failure makes you hide from opportunity. To fail, according to Webster, means to fall short, to be unsuccessful, to disappoint expectations, to be inadequate, or become bankrupt. According to that definition, he says, the failure rate of the human race is 100%. When you think of George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, or Albert Einstein, you probably do not remember their failures. You remember their contributions to the world. Yet how would history be changed if their successes had been aborted because they quit when they first failed? And you know what? That's the same thing with dealing with people. We are so easily offended, and we take other people's emotion, we put them on ourselves. Or we take other people's emotion, and we make it personal. we got to stop that. And so I got this, uh, this article from a psych blog uh, out of Canada. Uh, it's uh, www.spring.org.uk. It's uh, from 2012. It says, explore the psychology of the emotions with these 12 laws. We tend to think of our emotions as having laws unto themselves. But one psychological research has suggested that our emotions do follow certain general rules. Uh, Professor Nico uh, Frieda puts forward 12 laws of emotions. And this is from uh, Frida, and that's F-R-I-D-J-A, 2006. Uh, As with most laws, there are exceptions, but these have been synthesized from years of psychological research and hold truth much of the time. So number one, the law of situational meaning. The first law is simply that emotions derive from situations. Generally, the same types of situation will elicit the same types of emotional response. Loss makes us grieve, gains make us happy, and scary things make us fearful. But here's the problem. You don't understand other people's uh, Pandora's box. You don't know who's been molested, who's been abused. You don't know who was beat up by a loud man, who was molested by a woman. And so you could represent things to other people. This is why you got to understand just because someone reacts in a negative way to you might not be the you that they react to. It could be the you that you're reminding them of. Number two, the law of concern. We feel because we care about something. When we have some interest in what happens, whether it's an object, ourselves, or another person, emotions arise from these particular goals, motivations, and concern. When we are unconcerned, we don't feel anything. That's why I tell people anything important that happens to you in life arouses emotion. And if you go back in your experiential aquarium, you go back to your past, and you pick out something that you say is important to you, if you don't have an emotion tied to it, I'm going to suggest that it's not as important as you profess it to be. And law number two, the law of concern, proves that. Law number three, the law of apparent reality. 
Whatever seems to be real to us can elicit an emotional response. In other words, how we appraise or interpret a situation governs the emotion we feel. The reason poor movies, plays, or books don't engage us emotionally is because in some sense we fail to detect truth. Similarly, it's difficult, it's difficult to get emotional about things that aren't obvious right in front of us. For example, grief may not strike when we are told about the death of a loved one, but only once it becomes real to us in some way. So when we pick up the phone to call them, forgetting they are gone. I deal with this with my mom. You know, sometimes I'm fine with my mom's loss, and other times I really miss her. Because, again, no one responds to reality. We respond to our map of reality. I do the same thing in my class to everybody. Some people embrace it early on. Some people think I'm El Diablo himself. What's the difference? The difference is not what I'm doing. The difference is their interpretation of what I'm doing. Now, he uh, brands uh, laws four, five, and six together. He says the laws of change. That's number four. Number five is the law of uh, habituation. And number six is the law of comparative feeling. The law of habitation uh, means that life, uh, that in life we get used to our circumstances, whatever they are. The emotions, therefore, respond most readily to change. This means that we're always comparing what is happening to a relatively steady frame of reference, what we're used to. As a result, our emotions tend to respond mostly, most readily to changes that are relative to this frame of reference. That's why some people just go numb. Some people just go numb. They're in a bad marriage. They're in a bad situation. But there's no emotional response. Why? Because they're used to it. They set in. They've made this the reality. That's the way it is. There's no changing it. So they really don't respond. They almost go numb. That's why we say denial is not a river in Egypt. Some people go numb. They don't want to watch the news. They don't want to see how dark this world is. They don't want to talk about politics because it makes them upset because they have to believe one way. Don't you get we're so easily offended. If you understand the concept of offense, it is a process of thinking about it over and over and over. You can't be easily offended if you're not processing and playing it over and over and over. Law number seven, the law of hedonic asymmetry. Wow. There are certain awful circumstances in which we can never become accustomed. If things are bad enough, it is impossible to escape negative feelings like fear or anxiety. On the other hand, positive emotions always fade over time. Do you hear that? That's why, uh, you know, when people are angry, they vote. When people are positive or content, they tend to vote less often. So, again, positive emotions always fade over time. No matter how much we are in love, how big the lottery win, or how copious the quantities of drugs consume, Positive emotions like pleasure always slip away. Ouch, I know. The truth will set you free. At first, it's going to make you miserable. Law number eight, the law of conservation of emotional momentum. Time doesn't heal all wounds. Or if it does, it only does so indirectly. Events can retain their emotional power over the years unless we re-experience and re-evaluate them. I was talking to Beth, who had just went through my training. She does a lot with muscle testing and all that. Uh, and she is blown away uh, by that, what we were talking about right there. That, you know, you need to go back and reprocess some things. Take a look at some things. Take some of those emotions. And I believe we can take that emotion and its energy and redirect it. In this re-experiencing and consequent redefinition that reduces the emotional charge of an event, it's called reframing. We do it all the time. I help you do this in class. Go to likeitmatters.net. Email me. I can help you take the past and reframe it and create different meaning at it. And it goes on to say, this is why events that haven't been reevaluated, say failing an exam or being rejected by a potential lover, retain their emotional power across the decades. Number nine, the law of closure. The way we respond to our emotions tends to be absolute. They often lead immediately to actions of one kind or another, and they will brook uh, no discussion. In other words, emotional responses are closed to goals other than their own or judgments that can mitigate their response. An emotion seizes us and sends us resolutely down one path until later, that is, when a different emotion sends us down the opposite path. Number 10 is the law of care of consequences. Uh, People naturally consider the consequences of their emotions and modify them accordingly based on something they're hypothesizing. They don't know for sure. And laws 11 and 12 are laws of the lightest load and the greatest gain. 
And I want to encourage you, reach out to me. Go to likeitmatters.net. Get in class. Let me help you become emotionally intelligent. It will forever change your life in every single relationship. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you to be more hopeful about your future and reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. Go to likeitmatters.net and let me help you become emotionally intelligent. For 30 years, the healthcare insurers have had it wrong. We don't need to manage our healthcare. We need to manage the finance of our healthcare. Sustainable healthcare. What is it? How do we attain it? And what changes are needed? What does this mean for doctors, healthcare insurers, pharmaceutical companies, and most importantly, you, the patient? If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Or can you change the system to keep your doctor in practice? These and a host of other questions will be addressed by Dr. Stephen Trobiani, MD, and his program, Sustainable Healthcare, on Wellness 1570, Saturday afternoons at 2. Dr. Trobiani brings his 30 years of medical practice and many years of uncovering problems in the healthcare industry and offering solutions on restructuring healthcare financing through free enterprise. Tune in Saturdays at 2 on Twin Cities Wellness Radio, Wellness 1570, and listen to Dr. Trobiani's insights into providing prescriptions to what ails the healthcare industry. Saturdays at 2 on Wellness 1570. Hi, this is Scott Bl- Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.